Welcome to Behind the Mystery. I'm Chris Harris-Beachy, and I invite you into the world of rare and genetic diseases, where difficult diagnostic journeys abound. Join us as we explore the stories of patients with complex symptoms who often bounce from doctor to doctor looking for answers. Do you have what it takes to guess the correct diagnosis? Be sure to watch the TV version of Behind the Mystery only on Lifetime's hit morning talk show, The Balancing Act, hosted by Montel Williams and Olga Villaverde. A talk show that addresses issues related to everyday women with a special medical segment highlighting rare diseases. So, if you need your medical entertainment fix, be sure to tune in bright and early at 7.30am on Lifetime to catch new episodes of The Balancing Act and Behind the Mystery Stories. You can watch episodes on thebalancingact.com. Meet Nancy Sandow. When I was five years old, my mom was getting me ready for kindergarten and she discovered a lump on the side of my neck. She took me to the local pediatrician and diagnosis came back that I had cancer and that they gave me a prognosis of six months. My parents were quite stricken by that diagnosis, of course. The cancer diagnosis, along with the chilling prognosis, cut short the idyllic life that young Nancy had been leading in Fairfield, Connecticut. Her mother sought to give her some semblance of normalcy in a bid to make her final six months the best that it could be. But when Nancy was still alive and thriving past the six-month mark, her parents were baffled. After all, they had been told by doctors that their daughter wouldn't live long. Yet, here she was, laughing and playing with her older siblings. Not exactly what you'd expect a cancer patient on their deathbed would look like. Concerned and confused about the state of Nancy's health, her parents took her to a cancer specialist in New York City. But rather than ordering countless tests for the little girl to undergo, he instead examined her toes. With that, Nancy and her family had their diagnosis. The doctor took a look at my toes and he said, she's not gonna die anytime soon. At just five years old, Nancy was diagnosed with one of the rarest and most disabling genetic conditions known to medicine, a disease that she would have to put up with her entire life. Given the fact that neither cure nor an effective treatment exists. The specialist in New York explained to Nancy's parents that while she would live long, it would be a life full of challenges. At the time, no one in her family knew or could even begin to imagine just what kind of challenges the doctor meant. After leaving New York City with more questions than answers, Nancy and her family began to dig a little deeper into her disease. In a bid to know exactly what the next few years would be like. But her medical condition was so rare, the information on it was hard, if not impossible, to come by. My mom could never find any answers. Um, so we were um, told to go to Yale University, to a child's clinic there 
where they may understand more about rare diseases. So I was followed there for many, many years through my childhood. The disease that Nancy had been diagnosed with acted progressively, which meant that as the years passed, her symptoms became worse and the pain even more debilitating. Her mother agreed to have her serve as a case study at the Yale Medical School so that they could understand more about the disease. For the next 12 years of her life, this institution would be Nancy's second home. My mom and dad decided to take me to Yale University uh, through a children's medical situation to help with um, possibly diagnosing or finding some kind of treatment. I went there for several years and they just followed my case study um, as I progressed, as my back became more rigid, and they just wanted to follow me because it was such a rare disease. According to Dr. Richard Keane of the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital in the United Kingdom, Nancy's disease was an extremely rare genetic disorder that affects the body's soft connective tissue, gradually turning it into bone. In the simplest of terms, this disease sees an otherwise normal organ system transforming into another as the years progress. It's a condition affecting the soft tissues, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, and these can then change and develop into hard bony swellings. They often will start on the back or the neck region, sometimes on the scalp, the shoulders, the elbows and the wrists, the hips, the knees, the feet. And one of the most common uh, problems which can be very devastating for patients will be it can also affect the jaw, so they're unable to open their jaw fully. So essentially, with time, an individual will actually develop almost a second external skeleton. Because of all these consequences, this rare disease is largely considered to be one of the most disabling genetic conditions known to man, affecting about one in 750,000 to one in two million births. Today, there are 800 individuals across the globe living with this debilitating medical condition, with 285 known cases in the United States alone. Dr. Keane says that since this rare disease causes bone to grow in places where it shouldn't be, the patient's movement is severely restricted due to their muscles being hindered from functioning properly. One of the very first signs of this disease is swelling or the formation of firm lumps in certain parts of the body. This is the exact same symptom that Nancy exhibited, which led to her initially being misdiagnosed with cancer, before finally receiving her actual diagnosis. Here is what we know so far. One, this rare disease attacks the body's soft tissues and ligaments, turning them into bone. Two, its first signs are swelling and the formation of firm lumps in certain parts of the body. Three, it is the most disabling genetic condition known to man. Do you know what the diagnosis is? Well, let us jump back into our story and see if we can figure it out together. So the swelling can be red, swollen, 
They'll be painful to touch, but also can be painful just with movements. The standout symptoms are the, the short big toe. It can be curved or malformed, and it's the early representation of the condition. So initially, people may think that it's some sort of cancerous swelling. So often the condition can be thought initially to be a sort of muscle tumour, muscle cancer, and this is often the wrong diagnosis. Unfortunately, the consequences of misdiagnosing this disease are dire. For one thing, it often induces patients to undergo a biopsy to figure out what the strange lumps in their bodies are. However, this inadvertently leads to the swelling becoming worse, which then causes more bones to form. For another, a wrong diagnosis means that a patient is likely to receive the wrong treatment, even going so far as to start on cancer medication and the like. It goes without saying that this is incredibly dangerous and could lead to more adverse effects later on. This portion was brought to you by the Global Genes Rare Foundation Alliance, a coalition of more than 600 rare disease organisations that believe in the power of collective impact. Foundation Alliance membership provides networking opportunities and effective strategies, tools and resources to help build a foundation's capacity. The Foundation Alliance Leadership Council works directly with Global Genes to strategically advise on matters of the Foundation Alliance. This group of rare disease advocacy leaders has been identified as some of the community's most trusted advisors. To find out more, visit globalgenes.org. Despite her diagnosis, Nancy went on to live a fairly normal childhood, lovingly supported by her entire family. But as the disease worsened throughout the years, it was clear that she had to start on some form of treatment, even though none were available. The disease did progress some in my elementary school years, mostly in my upper back and my shoulders. I had physical therapy through my elementary school years and up until I moved to Michigan. And they challenged me not only physically, and at times it was challenging because I didn't like physical therapy, but they were not only teaching me the physical aspects of learning new ways to do things, but they gave me the ability to be patient with myself, but confidence in what I did along with the endurance to create that new normal and look outside the box. Little is known about treating this disease, which only worsens as the body continues to form new bones. Clinical trials are well underway, while patients are often prescribed certain drugs to help relieve the pain and swelling. While it may seem like a viable option for removing unwanted bones, surgery is not recommended at all. If you try to remove the bony tissue, you can often get a very marked inflammatory response in the, bone, in the, in the muscle tissue, and this can actually cause a worsening uh, new bone formation at the site of the operation. So there's no surgical solution to removing these, these bits of extra bone. Unless an effective cure or treatment is found, the only recourse that patients have are physical and occupational therapies, the same methods that Nancy used more than a decade ago in order to learn how to live with her condition. 
This episode is brought to you by The Balancing Act, Lifetime's longest-running morning talk show hosted by Montel Williams and Olga Villaverde. If you love your medical stories, be sure to tune in bright and early to watch riveting topics and catch behind-the-mystery segments talking about rare and genetic diseases. You can also get more information and watch all the episodes on thebalancingact.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Mystery. Please visit thebalancingact.com to learn more about the show and listen to other episodes. After listening to Dr. Keane, as well as to Nancy's incredible story, were you able to correctly diagnose the rare disorder that they were talking about? To recap, doctors were able to diagnose Nancy with her condition after a lump was found on her neck and when they noticed that there was a malformation in her big toe. As the years passed, she also began to lose her ability to physically move. So, have you figured it out yet? If you guessed Fabrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, then you're absolutely correct. According to the non-profit organization, IFOPA, Fabrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, or FOP for short, refers to how the soft connective tissue in the body gradually turns into cartilage and bone. This process is similar to how a broken or fractured bone heals and is nearly identical to how bones are usually formed in an embryo. In April 2006, an international team of researchers led by doctors Eileen Shaw and Fred Kaplan from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine were able to determine that FOP was caused by a mutation in the ACVR1 gene, which is responsible for providing instructions to make the compound that helps regulate the growth and development of bones and muscles. This protein also controls the gradual replacement of cartilage by bone, which naturally occurs as a person grows up. But since this is disrupted by mutations in the ACVR1 gene, the bones and cartilage overgrow, resulting in the signs of FOP. Caused by a mutation in the ACVR1 gene, this is a gene that's involved in sort of bone signaling in cells. And what it seems to do is two things. Firstly, there's a gradual leak in this gene which causes sort of individuals with FOP to sort of form bone at a very slow background level. So gradually over time, then you may just get small bits of bone appearing in muscles without patients really being aware of it. But also if the muscle is subjected to significant trauma or injury, then the, the presence of this gene causes an abnormal biological response. And so that what happens is, is that a, a massive lot of new bone gets formed at the site of injury, causing restriction in movement. This revolutionary 2006 research came a year after Nancy's husband, Andy, passed away. Like her, he was also an FOP patient and was the first to donate stem cells to researchers upon his untimely death 14 years into their marriage. Thanks to his generosity, researchers were allowed an unprecedented and in-depth look into the inner workings of this rare disease, paving the way for an increased understanding of what exactly causes it. Because of Andy's bone marrow um, donation to researchers, a year after um, it was donated, they were able to discover the exact gene that causes FLP. Because of um, Andy's donation to the lab, Andy's alive and living abundantly in FLP research. While there is still much to be learned about FOP, 
Nancy is grateful for the incredible developments that have happened and are continuing to happen in the field. With these advancements, she can continue living her life as normally as possible, neither as a statue nor as a person slowly turning into bone. For more information about FOP, visit the National Organisation for Rare Disorders at rarediseases.org and IFOPA at ifopa.org. You can also visit our website at thebalancingact.com. This podcast was developed by Catapult Communications, a brand star company. Executive producers, Harry Levy, Molly Major, Nicole Oropesa. Produced by Jean Costa. Written by Kayla DeLeon. Executive in charge of production of Rash Farzi. And narrated by Chris Harris-Benjamin.